our cool quotient just dropped considerably with all those awesome children leaving. But you know what? I'm so excited for what they get to do uh, at Westminster. Friends, let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and your Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light. In your truth, find freedom, and in your will, discover peace. Through Jesus Christ, the risen one, our Lord. Amen. Two Sundays ago now, we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, Easter Sunday, the day we affirm and proclaim the hard-fought truth that in Jesus Christ, sin and death do not win out in the end. God does. Hope does. A radical truth. But perhaps even more radical is the belief that even today, resurrection is at work. Not only in the heavens and beyond, but right here and right now. Which means the challenge for us as Christians in 2023 is to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be a resurrection people today? Is resurrection something we look for? Is it something we fight for? Or is it something we simply wait for? Hard questions, holy questions. But the good news is this. As the body of Christ, we confess that we can't come up with the answers on our own. As people of faith, we acknowledge that our limited sight cannot grasp the unlimited expanse of the Almighty. And so in light of those realities, what do we do? Well, we rely on each other on this cloud of witnesses to illuminate that which we don't know and that which we can't see on our own. And that is why we celebrate diversity here at First Pres, because we need it. As hard as it is to live in and amongst, our differences enable us to see and understand creation, the world, each other, and most importantly, God, with more clarity and more compassion. And so here at First Pres, we recognize that our diversity comes in a myriad of forms, one that we strive to name with specificity in worship, not because it's the cool thing to do, because, but because it's the Christian thing to do. Here at First Pres, we honor racial and cultural and regional diversity, political and economic and educational diversity, gender and sexuality and relational diversity, religious and physical and generational diversity. The gift of church is that it houses us all, it honors us all, it uses us all. So this Easter season, we are going to resume our tradition of journeying from generation to generation to generation. Last week, we sat at the feet of our amazing seminarians, and today our mentors and our guides are our youngest members, our children, our tiny theologians. Now let me be clear, that phrase, tiny theologians, may sound cute. Our kids may seem cute, but do not let their cuteness distract you from the fact that our youngest members are serious teachers of the faith, profound theologians with wisdom to bear, tiny theologians with big hearts. 
Now, before I go on, I want to name that yet again, it is a tender Sunday to fix our gaze on the children of the church. Because yet again, this week has been full of reminders that our kids are living in a world that is forcing them to grow up far too quickly. Children facing adult realities while going to school in Tennessee, while trying to pick up their siblings from a friend's house in Kansas, while looking for their car in a parking lot in Texas, while attending a sweet 16 birthday party in Alabama. From gun violence to depression to anxiety, we live in a world where it's almost impossible to be a child and to stay a child. And yet so often our tendency in the face of these de desperate situ situations is to lean hard into grown-up wisdom and knowledge and solutions. But can we be honest about the fact that isn't that what got us here in the first place? Anger without accountability, the refusal to admit when we are wrong, the assumption that we have all the right answers, the relentless need to succeed. And yet time and time again in scripture, Jesus reminds us that real wisdom, real answers are always found in the most humble of places, spoken by the least likely of people, children, babes, tiny theologians. You want to find the risen Christ? Well, guess what, folks? He is right here, running circles around all of us, dancing in our pews, crying in the narthex, coloring on those blank pages in the back of the hymnals, knocking over our well-organized displays and disrupting our religious ideals. This is not the savior we expected, but there is no denying that these little ones understand God in a way that we do not. Or maybe we just forgot. After all, we were children once too. So with childlike ears, I invite you now to hear God's word for you today, read and inspired by those for whom the kingdom of God belongs, the children of God. A reading from the Gospel of Mark chapter 10. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But his, the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, my name is Daniel Liu. My name is Eric Rauscher. My name is Natalie Goss. I'm Martha McGaw Danielle. I have worked in children's ministries for over five years now where I am better known as Teacher Lenny. I have been teaching preschoolers since my oldest daughter was two. She is now 39. I work with the pre-K kids in the 10th grade layer. I'm involved with children's ministry through my internship at the 242 House. I've been at this church my whole life. I was baptized and raised here, and I was a part of the children's ministries as a kid. This year, 
It is a special joy to collaborate with my daughter, Martha. Our young singers have great capacity for learning worship songs, so we are mindful to choose songs with texts based on scripture truths. It is a privilege to share in nurturing these eager young disciples. I love working with our children's choir. And one of my greatest joys is seeing the kids bring their unique selves and gifts to choir each week and to see how those gifts bloom in the context of music making. Each one of those gifts, whether it is a child's innate musicality, an uncanny ability to memorize lots and lots of words, unrestrained energy and joy, taking risks by leading others or being a supportive choir member, all contribute to the beautiful tapestry of the whole in ensemble music making. I feel in my relationship teaching preschoolers gives me a lot of insight into God's relationship to me. And the kids have taught me that Jesus' love manifests itself in so many ways. Seeing the way that they interact with one another and show compassion and empathy with one another has really inspired me to look within myself and show that same empathy and compassion to everyone else. Watching the children um, encounter new things with such joy and care for each other and share with one another really inspires me every day and reminds me of how beautiful God made this world and how we're supposed to be living with one another. One of the things that I've learned is that they never find joy in the same place every time. It's different every week, it's different before and after story time, and more than that, they never seem to find joy in the places that I'm expecting them to. Each week I'm led on a journey of curiosity and creativity and I'm building something, creating something, drawing something new and that's what makes the teddy bear lair so amazing. And I think as Christians we have something to learn from that. We're not meant to find Jesus in the same place every time. That's not really the point. The point is to break out of habits and look in new places and explore God with the same creativity and curiosity that the kids bring every week. The reason I keep doing this is because I get such a kick out of kids. I like their humor and their whimsy, and I like their directness. And sometimes I find them to be profoundly theological. Like uh, a few weeks ago, I was telling them the story about Jesus blessing the children. And then I asked the kids, I asked my group, what did Jesus mean when he said that you must become like children to enter the kingdom of God? And one little boy raised his hand and he said, well, I think it means that you have to be curious about what God is going to do next. And I thought, wow, what a great answer. That's exactly what I need to hear right now. And so since then, I've been thinking, I've been trying to be more curious myself about what is God going to do next? I wonder where you are in this story or what tells something about you? Yeah, Joseph. We love someone who I haven't seen for a very long time. So you can imagine what that would be like when you hug someone that you love that you haven't seen for a long time. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 I,
came to Mary and hugged her. Yeah. That was the most important part. Um, it's wonderful to come back and experience it again as a volunteer and through the summer camps I'm very excited to be an intern um, and I learn a lot of patience and courage from the kids and also I love looking at things from their perspective of so much curiosity. One central thing that worshiping with uh, the young ones has taught me about following Jesus is persistence. If a Lego fortress is demolished or an art project doesn't go as planned you know, there may be momentary um, despair, but it does not last. If they're told no again and again and again that they may not have a snack at this time, that does not stop them. They will still ask. Um, and, you know, those things might seem small, but it's really uh, resonated with me that um, with prayer and with following Jesus, you may not be heard the first time, the second time. You may feel like it's a no the third time, the fourth time. Um, but it is crucial to keep at it, to stay persistent, and to stay unfazed. What the children at Children's Ministry have taught me throughout the years is the value of kindness, the value of patience, and above all, to never lose the sense of curiosity, imagination, and hope that the children have. Um, I hope to just continue loving Jesus like they do and always having a childlike faith for God. And yeah, thank you Jesus for letting me work with these kids every week and we love you. If exegesis is the critical explanation or interpretation of a text, well then you are not going to get much better exegesis of Mark 10 than that. Thank you, Ed. And so to close, I want to respond to the challenge that Tori gave us last week in her sermon that Michelle gave us in her church-wide email a few weeks ago that Easter gives us every year, and it is to look for the risen Christ, to look for resurrection, to look for life. This past week, the staff debriefed Holy Week and Lent and all of our programs. We talked about the power of wilderness, the necessity of community, the importance of worship. And after every program and event and service was debriefed in a very professional, adult-like way, the conversation zeroed in on the 11 a.m. service on Easter. It was on the haste street side of the sanctuary, so this side of the sanctuary, about four pews back, where a young girl around five years old sat for worship. By the time we were all looking at her, I think her, her playmates and her parents had kind of just dispersed to other places. So she was sitting alone in that pew, Michelle, right where you are actually, right there. And so in honor of this third Sunday in the season of Easter, this tiny theologian Sunday, I would like to share a letter that I wrote to this young girl, but really to all the children in our midst. And it goes something like this. Dear child of God, thank you. I'll admit that I have been to countless Easter services, so many that they are beginning to blend together. But I will remember this past Easter Sunday, in particular because of you. You who danced in the pews when the music played. You who gazed at the organ pipes in mystified wonder. 
you who conducted the choir with your tiny little fingers, you who crinkled your forehead when big words were used to describe simple things, you who looked up and down and around and to the side, expecting to find Jesus emerge from his hiding place. Out of all the brilliant and well-practiced and aged people in the room that day, you were the one who seemed to understand the whole point of Easter, the whole point of worship, the whole point of church, of religion, of God, of Christianity best. You understand that our best hope at loving each other and loving God starts with being loved ourselves. How do I know that? Because I saw how you received every song as an unexpected gift. How you listened to every word like a loved one was whispering it into your tender ear. How you looked at every single person in the room as a potential friend. How you considered yourself worthy of each of these embodiments of God's endless and surprising love. You get it in all of the ways that all of us who are too scared to get up and dance or too self-conscious to look confused or too tired to search for God in new places don't. So the truth is my gratitude to you, little girl in the pew, is also wrapped in a prayer. Child of God, I pray that you don't ever grow up all the way. I pray you don't lose your sense of wonder or curiosity, your willingness to admit when you're wrong or when you don't know the right answer. I pray you keep looking for God in all of the places that the grown-ups in the room have long since abandoned. I pray you keep a childlike faith. Why? So you will remember that you are a child of God, which means that you are loved by God. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Everything else worth knowing in all of the world comes from accepting that simple truth. So thank you for reminding me of that. Love, that lady wearing the funny robe. <laughs> P.S. I hope you come back to church. You might not know this yet, but you need the church. You need a family to do this thing called faith. But most importantly, the church needs you. Amen.